the Podjectivity Network. Is it, yes. is it time to tr- forge forward with your essay? Oh, I almost, Snapchat, that's what you're talking about. I almost feel like you could start it again because we've said so much. Or, no, we, or just I'm go gonna, forward. I'll read, I'll read you the next part. But I just know that that first three to five minutes spawned like an hour. So okay, if it doesn't work, good here. if it doesn't work, I, the, the part about... So J.K. Rowling did bring this up in her essay because the part about lesbians being accused of being transphobic eh? because they don't want to hook up with women that have penises. This is so if amazingly it's specific. So specific, so but they're getting bashed by their own communities in saying you're bringing the movement down by being prejudiced against trans women wow wow to say to that that's complicated yeah and i wonder like literally how many <laughs> people that happens to what oh my God. i wonder how many people that happens to like and it's i would like to know the number well and here we're spinning out already you haven't even started <laughs> reading yet and we're spinning out yeah like but is it does it matter if it's one or a, a million? I don't know. And whatever makes you come the hardest, like that's kind of personal to you. So like, if you can't get into it with a woman with a dick, who the fuck is gonna? Who's anybody to say like anything about that? It's, it's totally specific to you, your fucking sexuality and what gets you off and turns you on. Go Dan. The, the the you talk. <laughs> the issue that got J.K. Rowling in trouble is specific. Oh, a person's make, a person's own sexuality is even more specific. Like, don't how can you tell someone they're wrong for not for not anything? By whose authority? Yeah. Who, By whose authority? It's your own personal preferences shouldn't be a dent in the progress of a movement, right? Well said. Yeah. Uh, what's more personal than how you fucking come? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to mandate what gets you there? I'd like to legislate how you come, please. It, my old buddy Rob, whatever makes... Who who the fuck is anybody to wade into that? That's even more bonkers. Like, you, you pose the question like, hey, what it, what was it? I don't know. Good-looking woman with a dick or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever, a a reworked yeah, the reworked vagina or something in particular. And I all I could say is like, I don't know. Like, are they funny? Like, uh, yeah, are they attractive? Do they like sports? Uh, <laughs> what are they into? Do they like music? Like, it would be a lot of things. It wouldn't. It wouldn't just be. There is no just hard line. I I guess. So anyway, made my point. Dan, that's enough. Made your point. It's never enough. All right, I'm going to read the next part. Well, if you insist. So that I finished the last part talking about that, that there's a lot of fights happening. It's complicated and nuanced.
In considering redefining the word woman, it's been suggested to use the word menstruators instead because traditional use of the word woman is too foggy and excludes trans women and non-binary people. Well, menstruators as a term is appalling, though <laughs> it would include I've heard it. it would include those groups, but it wouldn't include me. I'm a woman, but I don't menstruate because of birth control. That phrase also excludes postmenopausal women, pregnant and postpartum women, women with hormone issues, and so on. We're really in the weeds. The comfort, the relief of precision at sorting humans into two distinct teams was like a warm bubble bath of ignorance and denial. Because after hitting rocks together, there were always more than two categories. Like you said, there were always nuanced identities, often ridiculed, but always there. Tomboys, like me, and light in the loafers, like Dan. <laughs> but <laughs> duality is now an old idea. Your dick might not mean what you think it means, and your vag might not be telling you the whole story about who you feel you are. These avenues of self-discovery are a privilege of our time in human history. I don't think my grandfather spent hours looking at his dick, thinking about what it meant to him or how masculine or feminine he felt. He was surviving a depression and fighting in World War II and very busy suppressing feelings, eating liver and onions, and ignoring PTSD. Not a whole lot of energy expended on coming to a precise definition of how male or female he was. He wasn't concerned about getting his identity right or that his culture understood who he was. He identified it as a man and as a veteran which is a word that conveys that he has suffered for the good of all. And part of the argument about claiming trans as a minority is to convey that there is suffering and mistreatment happening. So this is a quote from the Gender Minorities website. We use, quote, trans or, quote, transgender or, quote, gender minorities to discuss our communities. We prefer this over using euphemisms such as, quote, gender diverse or gender expansive, as euphemisms are not necessary. While diverse means variety, minority indicates a group which is seen as different to the social majority and is often discriminated against on this basis and protected by anti-discrimination legislation. Not being seen or understood is a kind of suffering we all understand. It's damaging when people don't speak your language and claim you don't exist because they don't understand how you're different and they think it's a choice. If you have a word for what you are, you can shout it and claim it and stop translating yourself for other people. Using the word minority is an ask to the majority culture to be recognized and treated with equal rights. But we have not yet gotten there with the old category of just women and now are pushing forward with a redefinition of woman for those of us who are firmly and happily identifying with the old definition that is aiming to be stripped. So now, am I the minority by just identifying as a woman? I think about my son when I'm tossing these ideas around who has a sensory disorder, and I wonder if the kids who aren't in progressive schools who are labeled as troublemakers or bad students or dumb because they have sensory issues, made to sit out in hallways, excluded from treats in class, left behind in many systems through adulthood, their lives forever impacted, should they be called the sensory minority? Or people like me who have had extended bouts of debilitating anxiety that made working difficult so earning money was impossible 
wonder if people like me should be called the emotional minority. If we want to include anti-discrimination legislation put forward for all humans who are at a disadvantage because of how they are perceived and treated, great. That sounds like progress. Let's include those with social anxiety, chronic pain, morbid obesity, phobias, acne, ADHD, postpartum depression, speech impediments, attention issues, and stay-at-home parents. Any exploration of identity is a chance at inclusion and getting louder with the truth. That's good. Whatever that means to you. And who cares what it's called? Except we really care what it's called. We care about what we're called. The difference between menstruator and woman. Miller Park and American Family Field. Between victim and survivor is significant. And as humans, when we feel things that haven't been named yet, if there's no word in the dictionary for me, it's like I don't exist. For the ones who lived in blurred lines without a name for their felt experiences, it's been confining. I'm going to comment that, that you're a terrific writer. Oh, thanks. And that I will use other adjectives as we progress. <laughs> I'm going to comment that. I, I think a writer that good is a minority. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried because I don't want to discount the movement that's happening. But I also want to say there are a lot of groups that are that society does not lift up that fall through the cracks that have disadvantages dyslexia Mm -hmm. like uh, that start really early they're not seen it's better here and we're in a very privileged like school system but like so many morbid obesity is another one they're prejudiced against they are absolutely 100 Mm percent my dad was over 400 pounds when he died and I I mean I get it so I feel like kind of the question we were asking earlier of like why this why sec what is it about gender identity that is just the hot it, it feels trendy it does feel trendy yeah ah yeah. uh... What do you think about my grandpa? Because we were talking about your mom and your yeah. mom being just not even in the same universe. Your really. grandpa. Is he single? <laughs> <laughs> Goner. He's dead. Oh, yeah. Oh. Long dead. Long dead. But like he didn't fucking think about any of this shit. No. None of it. No. Not at all. Boy, you. I had a few thoughts lined up there and you crashed all of them. I did? Because your system crashed. Well, you pointed out there all these other things that could be a minority and that aren't getting the run that the gender and sexuality stuff is getting. Mm-hmm. And that takes me to a couple of places. Both you'll be familiar with. Pause one half a second. Yeah. The difference is it's a subtle, um, slow discrimination. It's not like violent, let's hang the weirdo discrimination. Right. So Subtle, slow discrimination. Very different in terms mm. of how society responds. Whispering, looking. A long-term uh, traumatic suffering can yeah. happen. Yeah. 
for people that are misunderstood in other ways. Yeah. So the elderly, like oh, dude. you can make all Don't kinds even. of jokes and say all kinds of shit about old people because they're old and useless. Oh, they're not and not con- and not up with this hip. kind of stuff. They're not hip. I got to do this. Okay. We used to do this one. A familiar refrain that I've sung before is at some point when you stratify and categorize and so on so specifically to this level, at what point do we get to the individual, the ultimate minority? And for a big libertarian like me, that's it. The most sacred minority is the individual. My right to speak, my right to fucking come however I want to, and with whoever I want to, and on and on and on. All of the things that I have, the autonomy and the the blessing of the liberty to do. At what point do you stratify so specifically that we just go fuck it can we stop with all these labels and just say i respect you the fucking individual and you the fucking individual and please respect me the fucking individual and can we all go home at night do you think people are capable and go to bed doing that consistently that's the issue apparently not yeah and the other angle i'm gonna well that could be a drag up here is Hmm. we live in a culture that we've talked about with the Twitter and whatnot and the divisiveness of it all. What better way to keep everybody fucking chasing their tail than to turn your gender and how you get off into something to draw lines over and point fingers and say, you, you don't have it right. You need to respect my cistransianess or whatever it is. What better thing? Because everybody has it. Everybody has sexuality. Everybody has some form of a gender or not, if we can't say gender. What better way to keep everybody fucking chasing their tail forever and never really solve anything? Just move move on. Can we all just fucking move on? Talk more about it. I don't know. Well. Convince me. What are you saying? What do you want? Uh, who's Who's... I, I Is feel someone our, at work behind huh, this? I feel our... Yeah, who's authority? Who, who to Con, put for... Conspiracy who, Dan? Yeah. Conspiracy Dan is here and he's taking his sweatshirt off because he's getting a little sweaty. <laughs> and we have a corporate industrial news complex, mm-hmm. media complex, that perpetuates this every day. 
It's only the stories about who said what hateful thing and what group that should piss off. It's all polarized, 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 polarized. Red tie, blue tie. And what better way to keep people never comfortable than to bring your fucking sexuality into the public square? That's, That's how I'm feeling about it. It's nobody's fucking business. Your eyes are intense, man. Are and you? yet, somehow, it's everybody's fucking business. How did that happen? When did it become everybody's fucking business? What your It's interesting, though. Equipment is you're and, concerned with freedom. Yeah. Human rights. Yes. Individual rights. This is a group of individuals saying their rights are being yes. trampled on. Right. Because they're not seen as normal human right. citizens they they should be afforded the same um privileges privileges under the law under the law mm. that's are, something we haven't touched on here's my question though for you yeah. are you saying yeah of course they should but don't make it le- the law are, are you like with jordan peterson on that of like i would say yes you take every freedom you have every freedom Keep it out of the courts. This doesn't need to be like litigated and stuff. What do you think should be there, litigated? There then? might be a, you might have touched on a, a, a place where that could be valid though. When it comes to like, you somebody, you said rights. And if this draws a line of like, you can't visit somebody at the hospital because, does it get into those areas? Like, where does that come in? Like the, I guess that's more of like the gay marriage, uh world where like I don't have the same rights to visit someone in the hospital why have I why do I keep saying that I've heard that like as a cisgendered person what would uh, laws do we're not only the partner can be in there only the husband or wife what would laws do in in your world like in Dan's world laws do what uh uh all the ones we had like several hundred years ago are pretty well cover it. Even like right to bear arms, which is totally outdated. Well, oh no, no. There's there's oh. a good reason for that. It's like arrow. There there's a good reason for that. It's okay. People can have guns. Okay. If they choose. Sure. If they choose. Um, yeah. What do I? You had a major sort of speech isn't the right word. Rant. I'm going to take my time. Yeah. It was a rant. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about is personal freedom. Yes. And your private business. And the individual. Is yours. It's yours. Yes. It shouldn't be legislated. It shouldn't be in the public square. So in the case of like. slavery here's an example yeah go ahead yeah and people who are um downtrodden and Mm -hmm. killed and Mm -hmm. obvious horrible things happening to an entire population Mm -hmm. at what point is it okay to say this individual's experience is not good not right and the law we need to take care of this legally Yes. Ooh, it's going to get hot in here. <laughs> uh, you can't take off your shirt. 
as you were saying that, oh, can't I? No. Uh, <laughs> as you were saying that, what was what it was occurring to me was, for example, a bathroom law. Okay. That Perfect we touched on example. in North Carolina and Georgia. Awesome okay. example. Yeah. Now, in Danland. Trademark. Hashtag Danland. In Danland. <laughs> Is that going to be an amusement park? I feel like I I'm seeing roller coasters. <laughs> They're all you used Boys, hams. Hams it's only hams. There's nothing else available in the park. It's just hams and bacon. <laughs> Where to begin? I like sausage too. Where to begin without going too far back? But a bathroom law, for example. Mm-hmm. What brings about a bathroom law? What brought that about in North Carolina and Georgia? Like what what someone would have had to take the action of saying, "Hey, we want a we want a bathroom." So was that you 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 have you're both reminding me and filling in my ignorance because I simply don't remember and I don't pay that close of attention until it moves a sporting event somewhere. So <laughs> was it a was it the need for a third bathroom? Is that what did it? Oh, or whether or not, hey, I identify as a boy. Like I'm gonna use the little boys' room. Like, as a civil right, there needs to be a third bathroom. Is that the route that took to the legislature? Is that how that got to be a thing? Oh boy. What brings that law about? The demand for a third bathroom? Uh or did the legislature say, whoa, whoa, this is wild. This is crazy. Cats living with dogs. We've got <laughs> we've got uh, penis individuals going into the women's room. We've got penis less individuals in the men's room. This is anarchy. We need a law that says. So which end did that which direction did that law come, come from, from is my question. Yeah. Uh, this is where I have to back up a little bit. And I never know if I've said stuff before or not. I thought we had this licked in like the 90s. I thought our generation beat this in the 90s. We beat this rap. We beat the rap of giving a shit about people's sexuality. We learned very quickly and all together from MTV that it doesn't fucking matter how you get off. And if you're gay or straight or any of these things, or bi, or whatever you are, we learn that it doesn't fucking matter. And our entire generation, I'm sure with some exceptions, just went, all right, cool. And we moved on. We all just like instantly moved on. And from that point forward, we all married off and had kids, and we've all raised a bunch of kids that don't care what color people are or if they're what their sexuality is. I thought we had this beat. I really did, which is what makes a lot of this very frustrating to me. Is like, who are you yelling at? We got this. We're fine. With that in mind, hmm, interesting. In, in Danland, we still have a men's and a women's bathroom. And you just kind of take care of that quietly and Yeah, move on. And and now 
there's always going to be dust-ups. There's always going to be problems. Like if someone who looks like a woman comes into a men's room or if someone who looks like a guy goes into a lady's room. But if you can be respectful and subtle and fairly classy about the whole thing, it should just work. It should just be okay. Now, you got holdovers. You have the very old who struggle to adapt to these kind of things. But that takes time. That's another hang-up I think I would have with the movement is you got to give people a few fucking minutes to catch up to this. <laughs> you can't just announce one day that everything you've thought for the last several generations, dozens of generations, is now different, and you better fucking... Snap to it. Snap to it. It's going to take... Some people are going to have to die off. Generational change. It's... How do we get rid of the racists? They fucking die off. Eventually, they just die off. My hang-up has to do with women. Okay, so in my kids' old school, they had a bathroom that was just, like, for humans. It's a human bathroom. Great. I'm all for that. It just kind of uncomplicates things. It's yeah. Just put in human bathrooms. If you are a woman, because my hang-up has to do more with, like, the the social cultural experiences of women and protecting the women who have been victimized because they could for real be traumatized by a person with a penis coming in to a woman's bathroom. Like for real, that could be triggering for them. It yeah. could be a lot of different things. And that person just goes, Hey, 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 I identify as a woman. I identify as a woman. Back off hater. Mm-hmm. You're prejudiced. So it's very fuzzy. That's problematic. And I don't want to discount the experience of growing up in a lot of ways scared. Like the experiences of a girl growing up and like being told to watch your back, keep a rape whistle, all that stuff that you're you're just taught to be in this submissive sort of victim mentality in every movie the woman needs fairy tales the woman gets rescued the woman snow white is asleep and prince charming comes to get her it's like she's always in this needs to be rescued very vulnerable that's just the storyline of like our culture so to put women in a position where they're like not only are you kind of dealing with this coming out of that and emerging out of that, which we are generationally, but then to say, and you have to accept you're, you're going to be triggered by this movement that's happening. You just have to kind of like accept it and deal with it because there's going to be penises coming in to mm. your private safe space. That's, that's a problem. Yeah, and I realize in saying that, in Danland, you just whatever you are, you just go in that bathroom and do so in a, do it without making a scene and whatnot. So that is cool, problematic. You're cool with penises well, going into like women's see, I, bathrooms. That's what I was saying. In saying that out loud, I realized that that is flawed. But is because it? there are predators and there are psychos out there. If the rule, if it's abused in any setting, in any situation. In any, any, anything that involves human beings, there's a few psychos out there. Yeah. And there's going to be cocked individuals 
that go into women's bathrooms with their hands up going, hey, I identify as a woman. And they're in there. <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. leering and drooling. And it, it, that's a problem. That's mm-hmm. it. That is a problem. So it's going to take a lot of time to get to the the utopia of Danland, where you just use whatever bathroom. <laughs> or if you want, if you just said today on November twelfth, twenty twenty one, every bathroom now is just a unisex bathroom. It's just a human bathroom. Okay. Like a group bathroom, or are we talking like just individual? Can bath- I just say no one's pooping in those I, bathrooms? I <laughs> no one is pooping in I, those I, bathrooms. I see it. Nobody poops. No administrative hurdle to that. Everybody poops. Let's no, just, what's uh, your administrative? We you haven't talked. Resources, right? Instead of one big bathroom, you're going to build ten little ones, and that's the third bathroom ah. argument too. Is like yep. every restaurant throws their hands up and goes, "What? What? So we got to keep these two bathrooms clean. Yeah. Now we have to build a third one. <laughs> and so, so where and so are on. they going to stick it? And in Danland, I'm saying on this day we just make every bathroom unisex. Just mm. it's a human bathroom. Well, just like any movement or anything like that, that's going to take some time. You, you just don't adjust to that overnight. Just because Dan said so in Danland that this is how we do things, that's going to take generations probably to just get over it and to not have hangups about it. And you know, my goodness, uh, opposite genitals exposed in the same room—that does things to people. Yeah, even in a bathroom where someone just took a huge deuce. Allie McBeal, right? Oh my yeah. God! Right? Yeah, the I couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, I think I could probably pee, but I don't know about taking a dump with you next to me. That would be weird. I don't take a dump in public bathrooms, anyways. Oh gosh! Oof. Come on, lay down Oof. anywhere. No, 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 no. All of the humor of would you poop or not aside, <laughs> it is a fact that like. Exposed opposite sexed gen- uh, genitals have an effect on people. I'm assuming there wouldn't be urinals. It gets kind of weird in yeah, both there bathrooms. Couldn't be. There couldn't. So be. you'd be in a private stall. You'd have to. No, I see. We're gonna get this see, worked out. By I the see end that night. costing far too much. Well, financially, it was all rooted in the question of where did this bathroom law stuff come from? Did it come from the top down with the government saying? People with dicks have to go in this room, and people with vaginas go in this room. Oh, right. Yeah. I or look- did it come from the bottom up where they were like, we need another bathroom. We need another bathroom for all the miscellaneous people that don't fit into these two. I didn't. I, I don't didn't, know how that worked. I didn't get that far, but all gender restrooms will um, were the mayor made it possible in Atlanta after, I think, the hubbub mm. of uh, because... Bottoms is his, the mayor's name is Bottoms. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. In Atlanta, the latest breakthrough in efforts to make. What's the first name? <laughs> Harry. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. way. Saggy. <laughs> Luscious. Luscious Bottoms. Um, <laughs> the latest breakthrough in efforts to make public spaces safer for people who face discrimination based on gender identity. That's in Atlanta. It's got to be after the sports thing, right? Yeah. Again, optics. Mm-hmm. Part of it is optics, right? After something like that happens, you got to 
Shining a big light on it. A hundred in Atlanta is nothing. I'm sorry. Atlanta is a huge city. A hundred what? Gender neutral bathroom, single oh. stall. Uh, Publicly available single user bathrooms. Well, and you just, in these political realms too, like, okay, so you took the NBA All-Star festivities out of Charlotte and you took the Major League Baseball All-Star game out of Atlanta. What'd you fix? Everything fixed now? Like what these symbolic moves by does the sports pro- leagues. Does proving a point really fix anything? <clears throat> I, yeah. What'd you? Did it fix anything? Did it help? I don't know. I don't know. I'm. It sounds like I'm just banging the sports angle, but that the concept of that is like, okay, so you did this symbolic move. Now what? Did it help anybody? Did it get anybody the bathroom they wanted, or did it? Did it smooth this all out? And you're saying a hundred bathrooms. That is doesn't what I got. sound like a lot in Atlanta. Well, and is that? Uh, I mean, that's not very much. And you're going to need an app to find where they're at, <laughs> wherever and, you and are. And if everybody can use them, I mean, right? I'm really curious about what you wanted. Yeah, of course. What you wanted to talk about coming into tonight before hmm. we got here, before I read anything. I know, I mean, part of what I talked about is this sort of piece that I wrote goes in like 10 different directions. It's not focused. It needs editing. But like when you were coming in to mm-hmm. tonight, what were you like kind of burning to mm. talk about? Uh, this issue reached me through Dave Chappelle. Okay. He's my conduit to this. Because when people are coming out against him, then I'm I'm invested. You're like his pit bull a little bit. A little bit. Uh, or your anger. What what did Obama have? It was uh, Keegan. Oh yeah, uh, anger translator. The anger translator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> For Saturday Night Live had the Rock Obama, and yeah, Keegan Michael Key was the anger translator. <laughs> um, that's what that's what I was steamed up for, or what have you. Um, just like when we started this whole venture, he's one of the first things we talked about. Uh, and his special sticks and stones caused a lot of issues, got a lot of this trans like anger going and can you break it down for like why he got in trouble? Uh, he, because he tells trans jokes, he tells jokes with trans punchlines, uh, as, as you pointed out in the midst of the jokes about the Jews and the white people in general and everybody else, every other group there is somehow trans and gay people and get, get in his, his act too. And then his, 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 uh, assertive response back was to say, no, you're not, you're not going to cancel me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this, Mm -hmm. which was, I believe rebuffed if I'm, it's interesting to me Don't because know. he um, he has been this way forever from Chappelle's show on of just roasting every segment of the population. He roasts people, homeless people, prince, just just like everybody. That's oh, what he does. Yeah. 
the crack guy, Ashy Larry. Yes. Yeah. Ashy Larry. Yeah. And so it's not outside of his scope of what he does in comedy. And so I don't know if it's a shift in comedy and like what people will accept or if it's just, I, I, I just don't know. But I also was like, when I watched part of that special, I'm like, this is just Dave Chappelle being Dave Chappelle. There's nothing. I kept looking for a clip that was like, whoa. Yeah. This is just what he does. It's not, There's nothing scandalous here. He's roasting trans people the way he roasts everybody else. Everyone, including his own culture. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a statistic that identifies what people who like Dave Chappelle... Like to compare that with the the Go people on. and who the other population, and see who is making the complaints. Hmm. I would like to know that pie chart. Pie chart graph of who is complaining like about him. Yeah. Can we, get, can we get a visual graph happening? Yeah. Your kids could be the like graphics department. <laughs> a graphics um, department for a podcast. I think it's needed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what brought me in here. Guns a blazing. You were defending uh, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's what opened all the doors, though. It opens. That's what it does. That's what comedians do. Mm-hmm. And he's not just a comedian. Uh, no. The last special. Uh, Dave did insist that anybody that wants to have a real talk about this has to watch his special in its entirety. Uh, so you two losers, you're not at the table for that one. <laughs> I am, though. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. I've watched it like twice. Uh, and Sticks and Stones was amazing. That was the previous. Well, he puts out little mini specials in between too, because like he'll put out a special, then there's reaction, then he'll do like a 15 minute Netflix. A thing will pop up on Netflix where he responds somehow. Like that guy's a powerful yeah. dude. Uh, <clears throat> and going into this one, he says like, "I'm gonna." I'm going to say a few things and then I'm, I'm stepping out for a while. I'm going to be gone for a minute. He's he. And this special was, it, it wasn't just comedy. He was doing way more than just some jokes and some comedy. It was, uh, man, I, I'm in the tank for the guy. So maybe I'm not the best voice to hear on it, but, uh, he he realizes what he's he knows what he's doing and he is using his platform to say i'm going to say whatever the fuck i want and he's not it's not to be mean or to denigrate people i don't people. think he's disrespectful it never is to be mean or to put people as he is accused of as he says by the community punching down he's not punching down that's not the point. He's not out there telling jokes that trans people suck. The punchline is never like trans people are so stupid or man, I fucking hate these trans people. That's not, that's never the point. It's always, it's hard to define. It's hard to define what he's doing. I'm going to read but, something when you're done. But what I take from it and what matters to me though is his his right to say it and not be 
taken and not be deplatformed or as we say canceled mm. yeah I, I think it all lies in intent like we're we're a pretty connected species mm-hmm. so if your intent is to harm and that is consistent theme for you well i'm going to react to you one way agree with that uh you'd know like yeah, if the would. jokes were about yeah, yeah, yeah. hating trans people you'd know you'd be able to tell and it never is it's just to make you fucking laugh really really hard you know and I, surprise you and come a at little it from uncomfortable. an angle you weren't expecting be uncomfortable a little bit and he we're makes so you a little uncomfortable we're in so your seat content. yes yes it's weird it's like there's this insistence of you have to get behind us and support our movement in the way that we think you should support it mm-hmm. which makes no sense and i don't like being told what to do right when when you read your next part the thing i came out the hottest on was like the eventually if we stratify so much it's just the individual right like mm-hmm. you make it narrower and narrower and narrower and pretty soon you're just individuals how do you protect individual rights? Laws. The Second Amendment, Adams. Laws. But you're against the laws that protect all the specifics of it? I, yeah. Yeah, I think you do harm when it gets too specific. When you... We have to have principles to kind of live by and guide our behavior oh my god dude you're talking about religion but if it gets too specific aren't then that's i think we're seeing that happening it should be a spiritual moral line but not a legal line i i think perhaps oh my god dan's a preacher i feel like what dan is saying is that every every level of specificity requires additional obligation to the one that came before it and some sort of adherence to beliefs or uh, behaviors. And that becomes like a wet blanket of obligation that doesn't need to be there. Did I just read your mind? <laughs> I think you did. Do you guys want to go make out in the other and room? That's, I do. In, the st- <laughs> in, in by the stink? And that's... I think the word, uh, <laughs> you hear the word Byzantine sometimes to describe bureaucracy or something. I have yeah. literally never heard that word, Byzantine. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm really sheltered. What does it fucking mean? It was the Byzantine Empire. It was an empire in the, gosh. So we'll pull it up here real quick. Just to say, for Chris's sake. Pre- Everybody else knows what this means. Yeah. Listeners, is, they're Googling right now. They're like... Listener. Huck. Hello, Huck. And Jake listens. Okay. No, not Jake. Alex. Byzantine. Yes. Relating to Byzantium, now Istanbul, blah, 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 blah. Hydrogen, helium, Byzantium. I'm sorry. Okay. So you're reading my mind just now was... Spot on. When laws have to get so specific, you are dealing with a Byzantine system, excessively complicated, and typically involving a great deal of 
administrative detail. Hmm. If we can't just follow a law like no stealing, and you're gonna you're gonna hit me with the religious stuff again. That's commandment driven almost. It is though. That's where common law comes from. That's where those are our original laws. I was gonna hit you with Jeremy's experience of people that are in need that don't have the resources that are necessary Mm -hmm. and that having like a moral or ethical guidebook isn't going to help them. They don't have the basic needs. Right. Mental health, emotional Can a law mandate that for them? Yes. These people that don't have the support of family or friends. Yes, that's what government does. That doesn't. How much of your work is funded by the government? But that doesn't replace being heard. A hundred percent. That doesn't replace being heard, though, and respected. Well, yes and no. Wait, what? What was your point? He's saying he's an agency, not a law. He's saying that we're fighting over you. There should (laughs) cut the baby in half. There should be a moral and ethical um, baseline that people follow. Yeah. And I'm saying that baseline drops when your needs aren't met to begin with. If you're addicted, if you have schizophrenia, if you have other factors, that is too much to ask. And you need laws to come in and lift you up to that mm. baseline. People need... Pursed lips, nodding no. They need it. Who would be tending to these people if the government wasn't paying uh, for it to happen? That's not a law, though. Isn't it? That's an agency. That's a support group, if you will. Medicare. But that's- those are... It's generated. A, authority is generated well, by law. Gray, gray area there. Okay. I, I don't consider that a law. St. Jeremy and his social work. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Angel, his angelic. Oh my God, your halo is so bright. His angelic cohorts in the social it's, work system. It's big, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't view that as a law. I don't. That's not. To be obeyed or to be... So it wasn't like the state of Wisconsin said... Support system that we talk about. The... Safety net. Safety. It's it's safety net to me. That's what I'm coming at there. Hmm. Generated by a law. I think it is. But does it need to be generated by... Well, yeah, that's the whole point of this conversation. It is, isn't it? That we've hit so, a, a spot here. <laughs> there, there, there's a whole host of behaviors that have to be identified as being off the list, like "thou shalt not kill." Yes. Um. So, d- did this kind of come about? You are claiming simpler law. S- the simpler law, the better. But you're saying, but life is so complicated that simple law can't adjudicate effectively in every single circumstance and we're dealing with 
We're dealing with matters. This is why government grows. Like well, civil rights. This is why. And we're civil dealing rights. with matters of human interaction here. Like segregated schools. How far can you legislate human interaction? You're expecting. How far do you go? You're just expecting a lot out of every demographic. And yeah, I am. Is there is there a framework in place keeping trans people from riding a bus? Is there a framework in place to keep trans people out of public places? Maybe. Out of public office, out of the workplace, out of opportunities. Is there a framework in place preventing that? Here's the new That's where I so. think the leap is a little too um, I see the analogy, but it's too big of a, we're comfortable and everyone has their basic freedoms, except for very tiny, nuanced, is there a third bathroom specifically for me? Like, that's a pretty... And then where do you stop that? Where does it stop? That gets to your layering. That effect. gets to my Byzantine thing. Well, I'm thinking of someone who wants to get on a bus and maybe the bus driver is really prejudiced against men who people who look like men dressed in women's clothing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, fuck you. You can't get on my bus. So then someone says, well, we need a law that yep. says you don't have the authority to keep people off your bus based on what they look like. And then it gets even more specific. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a huge stretch. Mm. I think we've gotten there. If a bus driver said, you can't get on my bus dressed like that, that guy'd be gone. Or, or woman. In Madison, he would. That man or woman but would be gone instantly. Not across the country. Remember no? that, that like bakery in Colorado that wouldn't make a cake for a gay wedding? Right. I think they, like, won, didn't they? Yes, they did. They don't have to make a cake for a gay wedding, mm -hmm. right? But do we need a law oh, that boy. says everybody has to bake cakes for... I don't know. Do we? And could they just go to a different bakery? Is it prejudiced? Can you just go to another bakery? What if that's the only bakery? I don't <laughs> oh know. Oh, my Here God, we go. it's the only bakery. I'm going to change the subject. Please. I think in some of you, like... You guys think very differently. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed about you, um, you make the assumption mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of like, let's say psychology or like economics in particular, if you're looking at something, you make the assumption that a person is going to act rationally in, ah. in their own self-interest. So rational. Nay, I demand it. Eey, eey. I don't just assume it. I, I think demand it gets it. to my like that negative. People act rationally. That's very true. But that's a big assumption, and I don't. Yes. I don't think people act rationally. One, we don't have a universal definition of rational, mm -hmm. or like I would respond to behavior X in one way, you would do something mm -hmm. different. I am expecting a lot out of people, but I guess much is expected of you in a in a day. Like, but you see the people who have slipped through the cracks. I don't see. The, I. And then I, I, I always come back to by whose authority. So that's yeah. a Christopher Hitchens term. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, on, on whose authority do you make that? R.I.P. Uh, I suppose it 
begins as an, as an assertion. Like you're saying, I have the authority to require X of my minions. There's a lot of people who are elected to do that who, who don't really do that. So if we're looking... Off on a tangent here. It's tough, isn't it? And it's going to be a government rant, and like it, I want a it, government it that is effective. That yeah, right. Not too big. I want to be able to include. Uh, I'm going to call them marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. I want I want some of that, like to protect those who a can't protect themselves, or b really are struggling to learn that skill. So there's. I want to have a police department. I want to have a fire department. So safety. I don't know about education. That Milton Freeman has changed my mind on some things. Mm-hmm. Friedman's argument is that if we want innovation and if we want... Um, the best product, it will result more from competition Mm -hmm. in the freest market possible Mm -hmm. with people pursuing their own self-interests unencumbered by as much Mm -hmm. any layer. Now, that's super attractive to me. Mm -hmm. Me too. The invisible hand. But... I love the invisible hand. I don't think everybody's rational. True. And that fucks everything up. So that I almost feel like government then serves to protect us from our own stupidity. And then a person like me says, government takes advantage of that. Okay. okay. And worms its way into every facet of life, including how to get along when you disagree with your junk. Like, really? Do we need government we are, yeah. in that? Now we're back. Now we're like back to the legislating junk. language. And that's where I say the Byzantine nature of it is eventually you create so many laws. Who can follow the laws? Mm. Yeah. There's many so many laws. Does and it take these to ish- keep these, track of them? These human issues we're talking about here. Hmm. And I see, I see the, the connection to civil rights and so on is that these are minorities that feel persecuted or not heard or feel they don't have a place. And you said minorities, not groups. In the society. Right, so you just used the right language. We are evolving in real time. Are we? What's happening? Well, that seems to be the best blanket to cover everyone. Uh, I, a guy like me... I think he's softening. A guy like me thinks that there are just... you. People have to work some shit out without government intervention. Hmm. And the slavery thing, that is a huge, that is problematic. People were being denied liberty, their equality. Right to pursue their own self-interest. Are these issues, and this is where the, this is where the lines get Robin Thicke blurred, the... 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Does what J.K. Rowling said rise to the level of needing a law to protect someone? That's what. That's where this gets swirly and weird. Is and the technology involved means that that <clears throat> happens in. A few hours, not over like months. Mm. Right. It just happens right now. And so if the optics are bad, you better get some fucking bathrooms happening. And the government is going to have to step in and support. There's a lot of angles here, but maybe bathrooms are the best battleground for this. Maybe maybe dumbass media and government have beaten us all to the punch. And like, this is kind of the battleground. This is kind of a rights thing. This is where it actually does sort of touch on where the culture world and the law world sort of intersect a little bit is on the bathroom front. We're just a bunch of cisgendered morons finding, figuring that out in real time, as we say. I just, you got to be careful with legislating how specifically targeted toward behaviors and cultural activity do you legislate how deep do you go and before you've gone too far and then when you realize it it's too late so if we compare our current level of layers to what happened like in in 1776 Mm -hmm. far more layers in another hundred years like is there going to be a great unraveling and we're going to have to start over? Mm. And I think the... Uh, Only to be bogged down by minutia again. And sort of where we, sort of where we kicked off here, uh, where Jordan Peterson came up and his resistance uh, from his soul against a speech code. That to him was the line, and that's what's made him famous. He was just a Canadian professor who delivered some outstanding lectures until that happened, and he became an international phenomenon. It elevated him into the international spotlight for taking that position, and it's very polarizing. And I'm I'm in his camp that says, it's wrong, it's too far, you cannot make a law that punishes someone for using... How the fuck do you enforce that? How yeah. do you... Yeah. Who... And a person like Jeremy me... Jeremy would go to jail because he did not include the disclaimer on his emails. Yeah. He, she... Yeah. You'd be... Yeah. You should have heard what he was calling me on the way over here. We'd bring you... You wouldn't believe it. Banana yeah. bread or something. And the other That'd danger... Cool. Here's... And we're... We are spinning and <coughs> we're getting into this whole kind of governance... Governing thing here too is... How much does it depend on who's in charge right now? A lot. Like, that's bad. That's that bad is if bad. things in your life are dictated by, ping, like, pong, who's in charge. Ping, that That's bad. That's a bad road to go down. Agree. I would say you're arguing against legislating how people communicate. Is that right? Overregulation. Byzantine involvement in people's day-to-day lives. And I, I expect, as Jeremy very correctly pointed out, he's known me a long time, that I expect people to act rationally, though. That's a big 
that's kind of a hole in my game there is like like you've been to Woodman's right I expect people to act rationally <laughs> and respectfully and that sort of thing and yeah there's a lot of people that don't act rationally or respectfully are are completely unable to or are unable to or are looking for a fight or are well like a predator or are I any mean, it's weird because in the small in the like the microcosm legislating communication feels wrong you can't tell me the individual right. what i can or cannot say Ask ever dave Chappelle. ever he'll tell however, you however in the corporate sense mm-hmm. of like if donald trump tweets things that aren't factual mm-hmm. and presents them as truth Mm-hmm. And it impacts do that. gazillions of people that mm-hmm. then think this is the truth and we're going to act on that as if it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Then it's really important to legislate communication. You have mm. to, to protect the masses. Because they're not rational. Or they're swayed by the impact of that communication. So like... But where do you draw that line? I know. That's I don't what know. That's that, it's here. sort of like a question. That's what Dan's going to want to know. Where do you draw that line? <laughs> because in my case, you can't block my free speech. Mm-hmm. I can say whatever I want, but please block Donald Trump's speech because you can say his. He's hurting society. His that segment, but on whose authority? Do we say that he can't do it? Well, does it depend on who's in charge right now? Or yes, it does. It? <laughs> that's what. That's the problem. It does. That's it the problem. Mm-hmm. So my comical answer to so that So we need a be, king. That's why you shouldn't pay attention. Oh, Number my one, God. Don't pay attention. King Dan. Part <laughs> of, oh, part of Dan of it, Land. <laughs> I think part of it is... Position accepted. ...how one individual's expression is spread as well, like Facebook, mm-hmm. because they're evil. <gasps> you tripped on it. Mm-hmm. The Facebook. When else was one fucking moron? <laughs> when else was the voice or the thumb typed voice of one moron able to be lifted out of the entire population and make it to the he- and make it to the news? Conspiracy Dan mm-hmm. strongly believes. That that is one, I don't know if it was a planned outcome, but that's definitely a consequence of social media, Mm. is that some, the lady who made the Ebola joke at the airport and then landed in a different city and found out that she was like canceled, if you will, fired from her job. She made some sort of, does that ring a bell? No, I've never heard this. She got on a plane. And made a joke in the line. What was the joke? Was it good? Well, it's like, have you been to have you been to Africa in the last six months? Blah, blah, blah. Do you have Ebola? Or any symptoms? You've been, you know, like when you travel internationally mm-hmm. and you. She was asked some question. Oh man, this is I've got this all. I'm close. I know I'm close. <laughs> but she made a joke like in the line, like yeah, well, I guess I don't have Ebola at least or something like that. And by the time she landed, somebody tweeted that like somebody heard her say it. Yeah. And tweeted it. And by the time she landed in a different city, she was already like a national phenomenon. Oh, my God. The Twitter world had caught on to her, just like the guy who killed the rhinoceros and on a hunting trip. 30 seconds, one minute he's cleaning teeth, and the next minute he's a national villain. 
Mm. That's what social media can do. They can lift any single voice out of that and make it a headline today and then tell you how horrible they are. Hmm. The conventional wisdom can pile up on somebody that fast. And once it's set, just like your buddy on that podcast said. That's why people people continue to believe. Whatever. Once the conventional wisdom about something is established in the national sort of psyche, it's impossible to overturn it. Yeah, it's impossible the to... anchoring effect. There's even, that's like, if on an individual, that's what you do. Communication is supposed to be one-to-one or in small groups. And we haven't figured out yet how to handle communication between one person and millions. Mm-hmm. It's too big and vast. And it's, it's a very deft sleight of hand to pick out that one tweet from one person in yeah. one spot and elevate it to a national headline, like, that's just not natural. Like, that person said something stupid in a restaurant or in an airport line. Mm -hmm. That person didn't intend for that to be the entire world to hear it. That's that's spooky. Mm -hmm. That's a spooky thing. There's also um, local phrases. There's cultural... Things specific to that region that if you take it out of context, send it global, it's going to mean something completely different. Mm-hmm. Interpreted. British use the word fag for a cigarette. Totally differently. Right. Right. And, and there's so many opportunities for miscommunication and misinterpretation that it is such a mess to try to legislate that. And I think probably instead of starting with like individual rights, it should start somehow regulating the corporations that are dealing with these massive amounts of communication. Mm. I don't even know where we would begin, but like the fact that Facebook can get away with allowing communication to support human trafficking and things like that without being regulated like maybe start there that happens before legislating he she they you know what i mean there you go okay we're coming at this from a reasonable angle here (laughs) or at least trying to yeah let's make sure no one's being trafficked with the help of a social media platform before we worry about if someone's pronouns got pronounced correctly. How communication is handled is important. Hmm. Because it's misinterpreted, no matter what. There's going to be people that misinterpret. Always. Especially if there's gazillions of people. So many eyeballs. And some are schizophrenic. Or and, some, and are, some are well-intentioned, but still not rational about mm-hmm. topic A. Mm. Right. The responsibility... I feel like there's some kind of trickle down where people would say, well, Dave Chappelle has a responsibility too. That's a, a good responsibility. That was a good public voice. Well, he has thank a responsibility you, Dan. to good public voice. Nice. That's what the public funny. sounds like. And push the limits. You notice the public voice is masculine because <laughs> men have always been empowered in society. You have the you have the power to change that right now. Your public <laughs> voice can sound like a woman. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> are you ha- are you having an orgasm? Okay. <laughs> I was gonna try to do a female public voice, but that would probably be the worst. Reference was made at some point to this movement. What if it came about in the 40s and 50s? Sort of a civil rights movement, that sort of thing. I'm not crazy, am I? No, that happened. You guys said that? I did that and you guys were like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Apples and oranges. I think that's exactly what you said. I I don't think it was. Sounds a lot like Jeremy. Yeah. You're right. Sounds like Jeremy. Uh, and then at some point I had a a take in there about, you know, I thought we had this licked in the 90s. Our generation really did. You mean with Do you guys the, agree with that? You mean with the real world? But then again, the three of no. us all went to college at about the same time. We graduated from high school. In the real world. You thought we had sexuality licked? Yeah, we, we or pretty like much like race relations. Sex licked. All of that stuff. <laughs> Good one. All that stuff. Like, our generation <laughs> broke the chains of racism, but not universally. We, yeah. again, we're three people that graduated from high school, went to college uh, north of the Mason Dixon line. We crested, we were on the crest of the wave that was started before us. We yes. cannot claim any credit yeah, I'm for. Not saying, we, we need all this credit or anything, but yeah. I'm just like, I thought we had this. I thought we had worked mm. this out. And I'm going to say there's going to be another wave. And we're... Yeah. It'll happen again and again and again. So this is this mm. is a thin... I don't, I don't know this will ever get fixed. Well, you think racism is solved, but it's not. Well, that's another podcast. It's at least a topic that can be discussed. But you if you watch think, the news, mm-hmm. you will know that people are not rational. True. You people also, are so biased. And you also think gender inequality has also been solved, which is also not true. This this is a... Well, let me We're just try this. You, I guess instead of saying it, I'll <laughs> ask it, okay. maybe. Is something... some A piece of pop culture of days gone by. Peanuts. Oh, Yeah. And related to my feeling that, yeah, we had this fucking licked in the 90s. Like, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Peppermint Patty and Charlie Brown. Yep. That's something that was in my consciousness from the youngest age, from my ability to watch TV or read Peanuts in the newspaper, that there was this sort of oddly masculine girl. Right. She had a crush on someone. Who... Who kind of marched Chuck. around the school and no, she did like Chuck and uh, kind of had her way. And she had a friend. What was her friend with the glasses that called oh, her sir? Oh, right. It starts with an M, I think. Marcy. Yeah. Marcy was her friend that called her sir, and that was a very. What, what am I insane to think that that was a right in plain sight? A pretty positive. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the word portrayal? I'm looking for? Portrayal, uh, not icon, but like, 
maybe a gender fluid or like yeah, identifying a, as a boy, but she was attracted to Charlie Brown. Yeah, like right in plain sight. Yeah, she did kind of, mm-hmm. she'd always give him like a slug. Hey, Chuck. Yeah. She'd give Chuck a slug, but definitely not feminine. She was not, nope. f- she was not feminine. Uh, I don't know. That's something that whenever this stuff comes up, that kind of passes through my ears. She wasn't ridiculed. She wasn't um, looked down on in that series. She there was no um, prejudice against her in that comic. And even in my young age, I think I knew what was going on. I think I knew what was up. Like, oh, she's not like the rest of the girls. Yeah. And just moving on. Whatever. Mm-hmm. A very normative. Is that a good word? A, 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 affirming. A, mm-hmm. a, affirming. Of, of non-binary-ness. Mm-hmm. Too many words. Too many words floating around. It was just a good <laughs> thing, though. It was in the the normal mainstream popular culture, and nobody freaked out. I don't know. Did they? Was there some pundit that like pulled the uh, the Pat Buchanan switch and was mm. like, when Tinky Winky had to be declared gay? Right. Oh like, yeah. Was there Winky. people complaining about Peppermint Patty? I'm I, sure there were. You think? I I don't know. I hope not. Hmm. She was just one of the Peanuts gang. Are there any other examples? Here we go. Well, Are there any that other was a examples? Good one. Tinky Winky is a good one. In the culture, just right in plain sight that nobody gets worked up about. Uh, Pippi, Lom- Pippi Longstocking. What was her story? I think she's just a tomboy. Do we need to talk about how, well, this was, the whole point of this was about trans, not so much about like gay, but. Right. Very you know, different. The gays. Hugely different. I mean, massively yeah, different. It is. I was just trying to think of like gay characters in TV shows and like how they were treated. Mm. But there really hasn't been a trans character. Unless you count Bosom Buddies, of course. Bosom Buddies. Oh, yeah. Tom Hanks. Pause for the eyes. Yeah, Tom Hanks. No, uh, I was way up here. But they weren't trans. They were just. And Michael Scolari. They were pretending. He's dead. He just died. Did he pass away? Yeah. Who was that? Michael Scolari. Was he Buffy or Hildegard? They weren't trans, though. They were just. Cross-dressers. Cross-dressers. But like pretend. Yeah, that was time was though. You called people like that transvestites though, right? Yeah, Tootsie. Just for wearing Tootsie. Yeah, yeah. Also not trans. Nineteen eighty. That's like way back. He was just trying to get a job. Right. Okay. This is what we were gonna say. Okay. You're assuming that everyone has a rational mind and a sense of morality. That is the presumption of my much of my takes. Yes. Jeremy. I expect that of people, yes. High expectations. Rational. Yes. How would you define that? Just just for you. Like, what is rational? Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Uh, what is rational? Because I do things that Someone are... that agrees with him. That's rational. <laughs> <laughs> rational. Uh, acts in one's own self-interest. In a way that doesn't harm others and does so repeatedly and makes all their decisions that way. Like, okay. You, it, you is, this, is this a general good? Does it harm anybody? Here we go. Okay. Decision by, you know, that's, I guess that'd be my, that's a word. That is an excellent baseline. Milton Friedman approves. Oh, nice. Yep. Thanks, man. It's technically able to think clearly, sensibly, and logically. I like Dan's answer better. <laughs> Fuck you, Google. Uh, (laughs) Before the reality is, though, 
what percent of the population isn't rational? Mm. So I'm going to say 100% mm. because we can each do it at different times. I have been erratic and not responsible mm. uh, at various points in my life where I did things that like not with intent to harm, but like this stuff, <laughs> um, bad decisions, mm, risky yeah. behaviors. Yeah. True. Very true. And if we like, how, how do you define rational? Like I know drinking isn't good for me, but mm -hmm. is that irrational? Or does it only become irrational if I've had 12 OWIs and I continue to engage in the mm. same behavior? Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, and who, on judgment. whose authority, yeah, on whose authority is that line mm -hmm. drawn? And I think so many of the questions that we've asked tonight, wh who draws the line and where? Oh, my God. Good That's job, it. dude. That's a tie it together that moment is it. there. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. And then. From a, like, I'm very sensitive to evolution. Mm. And if we are, as a species, evolving, we've done a lot of physically evolving over lots of years, but a great deal of intellectual and social evolving in a very short time. Indeed. And I don't know that our brains can handle it. Agree. I don't, yeah, and I think out of our... Or not dysregulation. everyone's can. <laughs> right. Not everyone's can. Right. It might be a... Right. So the strong survive, right? So, like, what's... What determines our success two or three generations from now? Is it just a faster processor? Like, we can process more? Hmm. Because the rate... So our evolution... So, and I was thinking about this earlier, too, with... Um, if we are a species that is evolving and we are, if we make this assumption that our social evolution makes things more complicated where we legislate our interactions with others, mm -hmm. whether by a law or um, because Dan says so. Mm. <laughs> um, well, and the strong survive in this in but at the, at the same time, if so strong survive, life gets more complicated. It almost requires somebody to make sense of it. Like, how do I know what to do? You pursue your Just own. ask Dan. Ask Dan. Yeah. The tendency would be to hit all of those notes uh -huh. that you can't. But I don't. I don't think that you can. I think life is too complicated to leave it to self-interest. Mm. So you're saying? Are you saying that the kind of like social cultural progress is moving more rapidly than our physical systems can adapt to? So we yeah. try to legislate. To well, I don't. I, I'm not saying that we legislate because of that, but I believe that socially and technologically we're evolving so fast, like we're dragging generations of anchors behind us, whether mm -hmm. that is just one, one's perspective or literally they're old. No, literally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the effect that that has on us 
it exacerbates this. The strong can survive. Mm-hmm. The strong being just the people with faster processors. They might be good. They might be bad. Uh-huh. I don't want them in charge, though. Ooh, but because they might that not would be, be random. They might we, not be could, more wise. Right. They might not be. They just have faster processors. But currently, re- we reward anything that's fast. Mm-hmm. And why would we change that? We are so analog, our population and, and generation. And it's so necessary because of how rapidly what you're talking yeah. about. And it's going to, I think it's going to plunge off the cliff at some point. Like something. And we're going to be. So there's this economic theory called the law of diminishing returns, where if you put in X, you get Y. And if you put in X, you get Y. But it, but it decreases. Huh. Right. So you can only eat so much bread until the reward decreases. And then ultimately you get to this point where you're like, if you give me any more fucking bread. To the point where it works against you. Yeah. Oh, right. And like, then, well, then if I have one more piece of bread, it's not going to hurt me. It is Well, if I have one more piece of bread, it's not going to hurt me. Yeah. Well, if I have just one more piece of bread, it's not going to hurt. And then... You're off the cliff. Then you're so full of bread. Then you you're die. in the emergency room. <laughs> yeah. Or you're in the bread hospital. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Yes. And then all of us analog people are like, yeah, you shouldn't have eaten so much bread. Yeah. I saw I, it coming. I heard a quote. I hear tons of quotes because I listen to tons of shit. But it was something along the lines of, we are prehistoric beings. With Stone Age institutions mm. and Space Age technology. Like, I forget what the human yeah. part was. We are, because we're like prehistoric. We're biological mm-hmm. Petri dishes. That distinction. We are this with Stone Age institutions and all this technology at our dis- disposal. And it's, and it's it seems, chaos. and it's it seems like to be heading for nobody, what you're describing, yeah. which is like, or you too, like, at some point, the two the curves just don't match anymore, yeah, and, and, it, d- and they go off a cliff. I see irrationality everywhere from like myself and coworkers and the people I work with. So mm. let me not say that the people I work with are always irrational. That is not the case, uh, and nor am I always rational. So I guess when I I think this would be consistent among people who work in the profession I do that you become desensitized to the different behaviors, the different thoughts that people with mental health issues have. And in doing that in becoming desensitized to it, you can, I suppose, develop your empathy because you no longer see the behavior as, as like, super loud and uh, frustrating or anything. You see it as uh, a part of an an equation where you can modify some of these variables to adjust the outcome. Now, all that has to be done with the person's uh, consent. They have to understand that that's what's going on. And by and large, the people that I work with can get that. There are just times when they don't. Mm. I do like the thought of the equation because if, I mean, if you want to say, 
housing, education, family life, employment, uh, physical health, you know, if you can improve any one of those variables, then you improve the outcome. And the outcome is essentially a person's ability to function in their own self-interest and do their thing. Hmm. I was thinking about your sort of baseline where everybody should ideally interact with like moral responsibility, ethical, yeah, sort of decency. Mutual respect. uh, Which is, I, I think I've had maybe two instances in my own experience. One is like panic disorder and anxiety that prevented me from participating in society where there's absolutely no way I would have met your baseline because it was like I was only concerned with what was happening within my own brain. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I got. There's no interaction, no communication. So you certainly had no capacity to hurt others or harm others or... Right, but that's like fight-flight withdrawal it's Mm -hmm. like a withdrawal so you can't expect um people who are in that state to be thinking about like um what's right or wrong or what we should all be responsible for yeah that's next level thinking how to yeah yeah it yeah it assumes a basic functioning Mm. social capacity Mm -hmm. which Honestly, for some people, it's just not, they're just not there. It's mm-hmm. not their fault. The only other time would be like a postpartum-y, depression-y, mm. anxiety thing where you can sort of acknowledge, I'm not really in my right mind. Things are not firing properly. And again, it's sort of like if everyone could operate at Dan's world baseline, your system, I think, works perfectly. Mm. But what a Dantopia. I just find it so hard to believe that um, there wouldn't need to be any kind of legal support in our culture to lift up those people that are under that baseline. Mm. And based on what you're saying of like what you see every day or once a week or whatever of people that are just struggling mm-hmm. to even come even approaching letting me in their home that's a big thing just the bare minimum of like getting up and letting me in oh doesn't always happen Mm -hmm. what would they say about the conversation that we're having of like the rights of other people i think 100 percent would be totally down for this conversation Hmm. yeah yeah they'd be totally into it one thing is, um, so you, I talked a little bit about the desensitization. So when I meet somebody, I don't think any longer, like, I'm the social worker, you're a client, we have to, <laughs> you can break down all that stuff and get like straight to, all right, what are we going to do with, you can just do it, just pull back the curtain. Discarding your role as like a social worker and just being a human person. Like, hey, 
I'm it here. becomes much easier to respond uh, to the needs when you let go of the fact that they have so many needs. Uh. So you can just say, all right, Bob, I'm. let's go. Let's do this. Are the needs that they think they have the needs that you see as like primary priority? I'm, I'm going to say there's a handful of folks who consistently we experience discrepancy uh-huh. between like what they are focusing on and what maybe would really help them. Oh, yeah. What do they think would really help them? Uh, very short term goals, like getting a TV. Okay. Um, I want to get my cell license. phone, stuff like uh, that. Sometimes it's material things like that. Uh, if somebody's prone to have experienced crises for most of their life, forward thought is really like planning for the future is not a skill that they are good at. But then, like I said, you just got to cut down all the crap and just say, all right, well, if this is the group of skills that you need to learn, let's do that today. Hmm. Let's do this tomorrow. Mm. And then it's, you know, that that's time consuming. Not unlike parenting. No, no, it, it is super similar. Uh, and I, I, I don't like, Let's mean try that. to succeed at this today. Or here, here's here's the goal. Like, no, I'm gonna back up. Let's take a skill like cooking. You can spend your whole life learning how to cook, but that skill is developed over like practice, 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 practice. Mm-hmm. So, the skill of paying attention to something that will help you become more rational. That you just got to talk to them a lot. Huh. That takes a lot of touches. So I use the plate spinning analogy, like those people who spin plates and, Mm -hmm. you know, you just got to keep, keep the touch going. Mm -hmm. Your job. Are you on? So like day to day, do you have a like slate of people? Like I have to see these 12 people today. Yeah. Yep. It's not just like spontaneous, like, oh, this person needs me. Here we go. No, it's You have both. kind of a schedule, yes. but both. Yep. So sometimes, yeah, because someone's, oh my God, someone's got to go to detox. So today, oh my. yeah, I had six appointments scheduled. Um, Had to take somebody to the hospital. And I didn't see those six people. So the, you have yeah. to say, sorry, something yep. came up. Yep. I'm not going to be able to come and be a little bit of normalcy for you today. I'm not going to be able to come and be your, yeah, your. And not all of the times ears. I see somebody is uh, at a session. Sometimes it's um, dropping off meds, but even even so, that that fifteen minutes is. Do you manage their meds? Some of them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. You're not a psychiatrist. No, no, I don't. I don't manage. So when we say meds. Uh, our MD prescribes or their MD prescribes and then we can dispense them on Uh. a schedule that is non-overdosable. Gotcha. 
a uh, that's so much power to protect them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here are your meds in an amount that you cannot kill yourself or go bonkers. Yeah. Something that you said made me think of something. I saw a shaman today. I told you this. And I see him once or twice a year. And he's really interesting and uh, kind of a wonderful guy. Sort of in his 70s. He works with refugees and he has traveled all around the world and just does good works. He's a good guy. And um, he told me today, he did a bunch of stuff for me that I'd be happy to talk about. But he told me today that um, in research with rats who tend to mimic human brain patterns, um, they would give rats like this really delicious, sweet smelling (laughs) treat. (laughs) <laughs> it looks like I'm handling... Were they shaped like breasts? <laughs> <laughs> like some tits. Delicious tits. Um, no, and they would... <laughs> give rats some... Um, Jeremy's taking notes. Delicious... Are you drawing boobs? No. Sweet babes. smelling. But I did write down delicious tits. <laughs> the boobs. Because that... <laughs> sweet that's got to be something. Sweet smelling... Um, something. And... Then immediately after they they had that deliciousness, they'd get shocked. And they did this several times and then breeded the rats for like six or seven generations without doing any of the shocking. And like seven generations later, when they gave the rats the cherry deliciousness, they automatically went into anxiety mode. Mm. And he talked... Because what we addressed today, I addressed with him, was like generational patterns. None of that is possible without the scientific method, by the way. Yes. Sorry. Keep going. Shout out scientific Shout method. Shout out to the whoop. scientific method. Whoop, whoop. Um, was that too random? No. <laughs> no. Nothing is perfect. too random. It is perfect. Ancestral patterns and carrying the weight of like alcoholism dependencies codependencies just sick family patterns abuse abuse uh even if it skips generations until it rises to the level of consciousness and to like be released and dissolved and like choose something different it really can be heavy and um causing a great deal of dysfunction and the person holding this for the family thinks oh my god I'm the worst I I can't I'm not functional I can't live my life I can't do this or that so when you're like talking about your clients that's what I'm thinking about like how many of them are just bearing the brunt of Mm -hmm. family systems that have just all of them passed down through Uh, all of them and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out. Why are you grumbling? That I'm groaning. That's a groan. So because of this, the weight of that. Yeah. How do you, the it, concept you of trauma. You go see shamans. It takes some special <laughs> strength and it takes some special awareness to break those chains to reverse that. 
whatever I, you're a, a victim of all these generations. It takes a strong, aware, rational, honed person to break chains like that. That is, yeah, that's a long odds, man. Uh, well, it happens every day. Autonomy, mm-hmm. yeah. independence. Validation, 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 feedback. The proper community to support. All kinds of factors. So do you guys know who Nadine Burke Harris is? Look at you name dropping. No. Yep. So she is a uh, an MD at Stanford. All her, her, her research is on trauma. Oh, my God. And the effects of trauma at the level of DNA. Mm. Whoa. Okay, so you're you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So there are there is evidence that trauma can produce hereditable changes in DNA. Whether that's addiction or just literal like not not food insecurity like not having enough to eat isn't going to make you change your dna but obviously the more trauma you have the more heritable that becomes mm. so this idea of generational poverty that's why mm-hmm. it 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 literally changes our dna and not to mention all the other psychological and social factors that keep us in the strata mm-hmm. what's her we what's her take on breaking out of that i don't know i wish lisa dunham was here right now she is she is a supervisor who is like i don't know if she has a shrine to this doctor but close hmm. well the guy the guy that i see somewhat regularly is he has a lot of different tools and resources Part of what he he does is, um, so like, have you ever heard the words ancestral healing before? Mm -hmm. So when I first heard those words, I thought it meant I have to do the work for all of my ancestors. But really what it means is, at least in his case and how he's been teaching, you take the things that you've inherited, that you've sort of given permission to carry even though you never really officially gave permission there's some like i don't know if what's the opposite of overt covert Mm -hmm. way of saying i give permission for me to be the the holder Mm -hmm, the bearer you essentially say i'm not doing that anymore and i break that agreement and i'm gonna hand all of that back to the ancestors, to the history, and you kind of like break the shackles of that and reinforce that through either your practice daily of like reminding yourself that that's what you're doing or through your relationships that are different and they're not whatever they were, dysfunctional, codependent, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And um, it's super powerful Today he did something he's never done before, which was really fascinating. He pulled out his junk. No, <laughs> his penis. He took it out. <laughs> he sang into my bones. Sometimes he'll use breath, but today he like actually sang, 
And he said it was like a feminine power song or something that he learned. Into in your bones? One of the aboriginal tribes that he, he studied with. Holy shit. Like he, he put his head right over my sternum and literally sang into my body like, oh. like a tribal yeah. song. And I got to tell you, it was empowering. It felt amazing. It was so strengthening and... Whatever you can do in meditation or mindfulness to like say, I'm leaving all this behind or yeah, I'm, I'm dropping my bags. I'm cutting these cords and I'm dropping my bags. And there is something, there is a tool or tools that these practitioners have that really sort of provide the scaffolding for it to hold and stay and for your intentions to like be made real and it's super powerful, amazingly powerful. I'm not really I mean, sure how this translates into like what we were talking about before, but it's okay. I'm trying to imagine someone singing into my chest like this. Oh my God. It felt really good. Really? It really did. I trust him though. I mean, I've seen him for. And you are, you are a years. toucher and you're okay being touched. Yes. Okay. Although I have an interesting boundary story I could share with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was seeing this, mm, he's got to be 70s. I was seeing this client in his home um, and I do hands-on work, like massage. <laughs> you are so gross. What? I'm <laughs> nodding. Um, so he was in his boxers Uh-oh. and... He's like 70-ish. And um, on my way out, he was asking me about my life. Like, am I dating? Am I single? Am I this, that? And it was sort of this issue that just came rising up to the surface of like, if you are a body worker and being asked those questions and you're in this person's home... What feels wrong about that? Something did, but what was it? So it's sort of like a identifying where the line is of feeling like I'm just providing comfort and companionship versus I'm providing therapy. So that happens all the time. Yeah. Because one, I am personable and I try to make my interactions enjoyable mm-hmm. uh people do like me um, if you say so yeah, no <laughs> yeah. everybody everybody adores me no it, i it's it's a i think it's a constant battle to identify your boundaries how do you be real and like really honest and genuine and open and still be like but i'm a professional yeah so i'll, I'll give you an example so i i love it um there are ethically, as a social worker, like you, you probably shouldn't like swear and things like that. But I mean, really, as a social worker, wouldn't that like build rapport? So what I do is build rapport mm-hmm. and attempt to match what they're giving off. Uh, so mirror, yeah. So just just go where they are, use the same slang, talk about their slang. Like, I've learned a lot of good words. Oh. So, so yeah, you just, you just try to go 
to where they are. Are you a friend or are you a social worker? Nope, social worker. Can't see the lines, can you, Russ? Nope. You, you got to be a social worker. And that because the like, authority that gives me permission to be involved in someone's life demands me to be a social worker, not a friend. Mm-hmm. Being a friend negates any leverage or authority, not authority. Because they're the authority. It's their life. Ah. But it, but if you're a friend, that that whole dynamic is destroyed. Just boundaries. Just maintaining boundaries of yeah. So like, like you and I, we're gonna talk. We talked on the way in. We're gonna talk on the way home. Uh, it's not super different than I would talk to some, to, to somebody that I would be working with, mm-hmm. but. I'm not your therapist, right? We're, we're friends. Mm-hmm. So I have no authority. <laughs> Sorry, I use that term again. It's not authority. I'm curious Standing. what it is. Yeah. You're not their friend, but no. somehow they listen to you as if you, you have good advice. They I, th- should, I think you have to be very to. Uh, personable and professional. So professional is always going to weigh out because, um, yeah, it's it's just got it's got to be professional first. It's so different that you're in their house. Like that was yeah. the thing that struck me with this guy is like I'm in his house. Yep. It's his court and I'm the one sort of he's in a position of vulnerability, but so am I. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really curious to me of like especially with the population you work with you have to be vulnerable in some sense going in there into their space. Mm-hmm. You're I not d- a friend. Nope. And I think the, um, the oftentimes dramatizing my own vulnerability to somebody that I work with is going to build that trust even faster. Mm. Cause yeah, you're in charge. You, you can direct the conversation. This is your life. Do you give advice? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I would say most of the time the intent is to have the person that you're working with come to their own conclusion. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know what? That That's not right. <laughs> you're you're off base. Yeah. And, and you can only do that if you've put in the legwork and developed the relationship. Huh. But I think challenging people is... Yeah, it's the almost the best way to produce change. To challenging people. Yep. Okay. Like challenging a thought or a or a behavior. Like you can take intravenous drug use, and then the <clears> ultimate <throat> goal is get off all drugs completely. But mm. you can't just go from IV drug use to no. So. Okay, well, just stop using needles. Ah. Uh, Can you, and and what, what do you have to put in place to keep them from buying needles? Well, you go into Walgreens with them. Hmm. Let the people see you at Walgreens. Why? So that, so that they know you work with him. Hmm. 
Where are the lines? Yes, where are the lines? <laughs> it is hard. You also work with these folks for years. You get to know them. That's so that's why I put that three years thing in of there. sitting in somebody's living room, kind of talking about the same things, encouraging change, identifying barriers. There was a reason for that kind of rapey song just now. Uh, you're in a guy's house, yeah. and he's in his underwear, and you're right. touching his body. He's a senior citizen, but it still doesn't matter for some reason. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I think it's the same. Yeah. You're still a human woman. That's right. And he's still a human man. <laughs> right. You're in a man's house, and he's in his underwear, and you're touching him. Like, where's the line there? You're like, I wasn't sure what it, I wasn't but, sure what felt uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but something didn't feel right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that gets all the way back to something about like men and Sitting women sharing a bathroom. In the bathroom, yeah. Sitting like, next to that's a right. woman. We've got genitals real close here and we've got, uh, you know, so. And like Jeremy is saying. Boundaries. He's here to help these people. Mm hmm. He's not their friend, but it's undeniable that if he's the only person in their day, in their week, Mm -hmm. in their life, let's face it, who is warm, comforting. Good listening. Empathetic. Yeah. Patient. Even when you try to keep that professional, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to for that for either one of you, but especially for that person that's so needy, so emotionally and that's right traumatized by life. It's hard not to cross those, not to blur those lines. You can almost on feed. either end from can- from either side of that table. You can almost feel them emotionally grabbing at you. Yeah. Just like wanting to latch onto something. And you, you've encountered people in your life, I mean, outside of social work or whatever, body work or... You've had that. You've encountered that where you're just like a little bit nice to somebody and all of a sudden they like want to be buddies. Oh, yeah. And... Now, you want to talk about throwing a wrench into all this? I'm a fucking surveyor. I don't massage people, and I don't help people with their problems. But I encounter lonely people, hmm. and I encounter people that no one listens to. Oh. And I encounter... So I get it, too. And I hmm. feel those same things. It's undeniable that we're programmed for this. And there are lines that you have to keep to not get too personal and not get too friendly. Uh, and I'm, like you said, I'm pretty personable. I'm pretty friendly. Um, but you've, well done. And I, those are hard lines to keep. What were you saying about, when how did you roll this back to what we were talking about before? Uh, the bathroom thing. Yeah, the lines. That it would, that's a tough line. Like, 
genetic males and genetic females in the same bathroom, genitals out, that kind of thing. I want to support you. People could go off the rails there I want to support easy. your movement. Some people. I want to support everything that you are, but also I want to support people. my experience as well. Right. And what it means to be a woman. Right. Because woman has a definition. Yes. Mm-hmm. Genitals out. Got to watch out for those genitals. That's when things get weird, when the genitals come out. That's right. Whether they're natural, whether they're surgically made, mm-hmm. whether you're not comfortable with them. Right. That's when shit gets weird. Hormones. Desire. Just like rats. Baby. Yeah. Uh, People get weird. The other thing that I was leaning towards here with this whole friend, you know, we debated, oh, we debated about whether the social work um, world, uh, the, the social work culture, is that a law? Is that a support net, a, a safety net, ah. a support system? What is that? Hmm. It is a substitute for natural human interaction. Like what these people are lacking is some natural interaction. Healthy relationships. Some healthy relationships. We call them natural supports. With some people oh. who fucking care. There's a Say that again. Natural supports. Lingo. Oh, okay. I thought there was. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. These people are lacking natural supports. Um, and Jargon. you could. No, not you could say. It's too bad. It's too bad that there needs to be a government agency that has to schedule time to hopefully get to these people so that somebody listens to them for 10 minutes, 20, an hour, whatever it is, or comes and gives them their meds in, a, in an amount that won't kill them, that they can't get wild with. Interesting how pitiful it is that we all need therapy. Well... It's true. And where's your, you know, the first question is like, where's your family? Mm-hmm. What's what's wrong with your family? Why isn't your mom or dad or a sibling or somebody boosting you up? Listening See, to you. Seeing you. Keeping yeah. you out of rehab. Mm-hmm. Seeing you. What, why isn't that happening? That's a, uh, that's a tough that's a well. That's a whole other kind of topic branch here. Is uh, where where are these? Where are the what you call it, natural supports? Where are the natural supports? And it gets back to the. Well, Dan, those are all good ideas, but nobody's rational. I and, heard someone put this in these terms. Most of us think that um, you do what you can to live a good life. And when something happens to you, like abuse or something traumatic or something you perceive as traumatic that impacts you in a certain way, you're not living. Every single thing about your life becomes about survival. It's just survival. And it's a totally different experience than living. And you're not making connections with others. You're Mm -hmm. not building trust in other human beings. Mm -hmm. When you don't have trust in other human beings, you're isolated. When you're isolated, you use substances and you're suicidal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you you turn into Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. All right. On that note. What were you saying, though? <laughs> you are, What were you saying before that? Well, 
It is. Uh, sure. It is. It's a, uh, boy, I was going to say it's a sad commentary, but it's more than that. Well, it's about bonding and it's about what you bond to. It's like that another, let's bring up a second rat experiment. Why don't we? The one where the rats. Well, now you just sound like Jordan Peterson. The rats have a paradise and they have all the sex they can have and they have good food and they have exercise and they have a beautiful environment to live in and they have yeah so just great relationships and we're on rats again and uh they get this little button that if they push the button they get heroin in that environment they don't want more heroin because they're bonded to other things I've heard this. Yeah. I've absolutely heard this If you put a rat in a cage, no other rats, no sex, no good food, no nothing good. All they do is push the heroin. That's all they do. Over and over and over and over and over again. So it has to do, I think, with bonding and what you're bonded to and the relationships. If the family relationship, the primary relationships in the community isn't there, then... There's all kinds of things that then we have to socially like take care of and construct. Yeah. yeah. And it falls to the government. The yeah. government agency. Uh, but this, this is where my mom, mom, what are you, mom, <laughs> it is late. <laughs> what are you and, doing here? And you don't drive at night. Oh my God. But this is where she would elbow into the microphone and wag her finger at all of us and say, church Mm -hmm. and family like we've covered the family part this is very unfortunate what your many of your clients Mm -hmm. families look like yeah um she'd wade right in here just like when we talked about like those somebody goes and shoots up a gay nightclub or something Mm -hmm. she'd be like if if these people had some religion if these people had some they wouldn't be gay they wouldn't they oh we're talking about your mom they wouldn't pull yank out a gun and start killing people or whatever the they know them. horrible anti-social and they're going to see their parents on community. Sunday. Yes, that's that's that community thing we talked about. Accountability. Marriage and murder a and, few episodes ago. And Twitter does not form bonds. No. It might validate, but you're not bonding. And this is this is one of those uh this is one of those pod moments that we've just hit the tip of another iceberg that's so huge it's it's un i mean we can sure try though i could sit here all night long <laughs> talking <laughs> and try to get to the bottom of this how do how, how do we get in this place where you work for the county and you're the only person that that's in their life that's even remotely positive and you have to be careful that you don't get too close because yeah. these people are so desperate and so broken that it's dangerous to like get too close because they're uh, they're chaos machines they chaos follows them and it's not their fault you'd be the giving tree and there'd be nothing left of you yeah and it might be a good time to say like i might come across on the mic here you know pretty heartless bastard pretty full of myself pretty heartless (laughs) bastard and stuff but no i count my fucking blessings every single minute of every single day because i know how hard it is just to keep it between the lines. 
just to keep everything paid for, just to keep some food in the fridge, and just to have a little spare time. Like, that is more than a full-time job. That is several full-time jobs. Just to And to create the illusion of that for my children, who are, granted, they are growing older, but when they're younger... You're creating an illusion for them of like calm. Yeah, everything's okay. You so they don't have to feel the trauma. You well, get your ass kicked. Today. You they... get your ass kicked every day, but they don't have to feel it. So, just I guess I'm just giving like a shout out to like stability, family, and the good fortune to have ended up in the pipeline I'm in, because, mm-hmm. and I I'll, you know I'm adopted. So you talk about a fucking crapshoot dice roll of where my DNA could have ended up. That's roulette. I was the product of a couple of irresponsible teenagers on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I could have ended up in a lot of places. Who the fuck knows where I could have ended up? Mm-hmm. And I got plucked out of there by Catholic social services and some overbearing parents that like put the eyebrow up and told these kids what's, gonna, what's what. And then I ended up with Dick and Mary Higgs. And now here I am, cocking off on a microphone about how much I know. That's you so know. perfect, though. No, I'm, it is. I'm, but I'm very aware. Believe me, listeners out there. However, I come across, I'm extremely aware of the good fortune. That, that embodiment this, of like free will. What the fuck? Let's take the moment and just do what we can do. And you're. That's like your. Hey independence right mm-hmm. free will and this is a Let that's how i got here y'all this is not i a visual... wouldn't be here if people didn't just like mm. seize the moment and this is not a visual medium but this is what framework looks like <laughs> and i'm hey i'm just getting by just doing okay it takes a lot to just do okay it does it does let's it takes yeah. a lot to just do okay. Fucking yeah. That's like, I love, my therapist told me, um, there's like a, there's like a whole thing about being an okay parent. Like just enough. Mm-hmm. Like mediocre mm-hmm. parenting. Is there a yes. word, or like a phrase for that? I don't know. No, that's called being a fucking excellent parent. <clears throat> but like it's, it's actually, research has, has proven just, just enough is actually quite more than enough. Uh, just being there is 98.5% yeah. of the, the yeah, job. Yeah, right. You can fucking blow it nonstop. But just, Macaroni and cheese every night. Just TV, be there, though. Three hours a day. Doesn't yeah. matter. Just be there. Keep them and, alive, basically. And uh, feed the baby, change the diapers. Mm-hmm. The, that was what Dr. Ryan told us after we took Maria in because she wouldn't stop crying. Oh. Feed the baby, change the diapers. Oh, what a sweet doctor. Yeah. And he, she cried for three months. Colic? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we Lord. had one of those, too. Yeah. You don't even um, recover from that. I don't think ever. I still don't like Maria. <laughs> Just kidding, honey. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know we know it takes a lot to just barely do okay. And the, the poor people that are reaching out to you, man, you know. Do you think that's... They're, the- eons away from just okay yeah do you think that's the the problem with like the self-help movement of live your best life you know release all your negative habits just like be your best self is like well 
Yeah, know, but I guess, no. it depends. I, mean, I guess it would be the answer. It depends. Because those things are true. I think some of it is actually moving us backwards. Some mm. of it. Not all of it, but the expectations of like that you're going to be happy every single day. That's unreasonable. Mm. Totally unreasonable. Yeah. I think you have to be, I, I suppose it's like the bell curve. Mm. Yeah. You got to gotta take both tails. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to suck. Um, but most of the time it's the okay. Jungle is what Dan always says. Yeah. Oh, I got to work five days in a row. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle, man. Yeah. Oh, my back hurts. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> Yeah, mine hurts because I put on a sock today. My boss is a my boss is a dick. <laughs> Welcome to the you. jungle. Get yeah. a different job. Flip flops forever. <laughs> yeah, flip flops forever. <laughs> uh. They spot me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your indifference. Scan the floor for one tap and do a bobbing hand. Any signal coming back on the same man for a frequency wavelength. How's reception connection? Don't flip the dial. Let's get performance. It's commercial free. It's commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my seat. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, what I need's a new remote. I'm on and click. Point click, flip around, fold it more appreciation oh, from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what the say is true? Less is more. More is what I'm telling you.